Welcome to Real Estate Investing in the Real World podcast. The topic of this episode is where investors go wrong. Hi, I'm Phil Pustiowski. I'm a full-time real estate investor. I'm a real estate mentor and coach to some of the finest market-leading real estate investors across North America. And in this video, I want to share with you where too many real estate investors go wrong. And in fact, this is not just for real estate. This could be for stocks or any other kinds of investing. And it's a place whereby if you fix it early in your career or you fix it today moving forward, it can make a dramatic impact not only on your bottom line, but in the way that you invest. And so I'm excited to share this lesson with you because I see it happen way too much. And it's not that complicated. Are you ready? Okay, good. So here's what it is. This is where investors go wrong. Margin of safety. Margin of safety. Also, we could refer to this as uh, margin of error. Or just the idea that you're going to build in the room in the deal so that if maybe you made a mistake in your analysis, you made a mistake in your assumptions, that there's enough room, there's enough margin, so that you're not going to lose money. You're still going to be out uh, okay in the end. You're still going to make good money, even if you don't make as much as you had hoped for. So a pretty simple concept, right? Well, um, the, the history of this is actually uh, Benjamin Graham. He's the author of the book, The Intelligent Investor. Uh, he is the mentor to Warren Buffett, who you probably know is the most successful living um, equities and business investor on the planet. And it was Ben Graham that brought this concept uh, to the mainstream in the world of investing advice, uh, and where he mentioned the idea that you would buy a stock uh, and build in a margin of safety so that if maybe your analysis of the value or the intrinsic value of that stock was off, you made some assumptions wrong, you made some calculation errors, just whatever happened, that you had plenty of room, you'd be okay. And so that same lesson applies to real estate. But I want to be specific here. What I'm talking about are deals that you close on. This would be uh, whether you buy it with your own cash or a combination of a traditional bank loan and your own down payment, or maybe you get a hard money loan and a down payment, or, or maybe you get private financing for the entire thing. Maybe it's a subject to, or you give the homeowner some money and you catch up their back payments. It's any situation in real estate, and again, I threw a lot at you there, and there's a whole bunch of other ways to buy it as well, where you're actually closing on the property. And now maybe your intent is to renovate the property and resell to a retail buyer. Or maybe it's to renovate and then um, rent it out to a tenant. Maybe you don't do anything to the property. You're literally just going to close on it because you've got to close on it fast. Maybe it's a it's an auction or it's a wholesaler flipping it to you or the seller just needs money really fast. And then you're going to immediately resell it on the market. Any situation where you're closing on it. So what's excluded from this rule? Anytime you're getting a commission, you're assigning your interest, you're flipping the deal, and in any way, shape, or form, not putting your own money into it and your own um, credit or, or your own word that you're going to make somebody's payment, and so you're just kind of in and out, any of those kind of transactions, this doesn't actually apply. Because it doesn't matter if you have a margin of safety. You're not closing on it. What do you care if you make 500 or 5000 or 50000 as an assignment or a commission or, or that sort of thing? So I hope I've made that clear. This is for deals that you're closing on. You need to have a margin of safety. And uh, if you may be thinking, okay, well, what's the percentage? What should be my margin of safety? 
Well, there really isn't a percentage per se, because percentages break down. They break down both when the price of the property gets really low, as well as when it gets really high. So instead, it's more of a gut reaction when you look at the numbers. And here are the two main places I've seen where people make a mistake, and therefore you have to have margin of safety. Uh, number one is uh, the estimated value. Sometimes they refer to this as the uh, ARV, after repaired value. So what you're, but you may not be fixing it up. That's why I use the phrase estimated value. What's the property going to be worth that you're buying, right? Or what is it worth that you're buying? So you have the estimated value. And then you also, that's the first place people make all kinds of mistakes. And the second place is, um, is renovation costs. Renovation costs. How much is it going to take? How much is it going to cost to get it to this ARV if you're going to use, if you're going to re repair it? Estimated value. You've probably seen them in other videos. It is so commonplace for real estate investors to be overly optimistic. They're going to be optimistic here and they're going to say, well, I looked at some comps and that one down the street sold for this much, but you know, this thing can, this thing can really go for 200. So a lot of investors get very, very optimistic here. And then on the other side of the coin, they, uh, they underestimate how much it's going to take to, to renovate. Say, oh, well, we can fix that. It's just a little bit of paint there, and that's going to be, you know, just maybe we just do a little bit of crown molding there. That'll cover that up. And so what, where does this come from, this basically overly optimistic on these two numbers? It's kind of built into the genes of an entrepreneur, right? We're optimistic by nature. We look at deals and say, how can this be done, right? And so... We look at it from the perspective of, yeah, this could work, and here's how it could work. Well, that's what's so interesting about this concept of margin of safety. Because now we're getting into what it looks like to actually apply this lesson. It means that you have to be, get this, pessimistic. I know that sounds strange because in your DNA, if you're a real estate entrepreneur, you're used to thinking positive. You've got to be extremely pessimistic about this. You've got to look at the comps and say, yeah, but it's not going to pull 200 here because it doesn't have as much square footage. It's got a weird driveway. The backyard is not nearly as big as these other two. It's in a different spot of the subdivision, which is not as nice. You've got to be pessimistic. So um, I guess I'll just put it through here. Pessimistic. I know that sounds strange, but it's what you've got to do to build in the margin of safety. Pessimistic on how much you're really going to sell for once you own it. And then you also be pessimistic on how much it's really going to cost to fix it up. And so, yes, you could do some rule of thumb like, hey, it may cost 20% more to fix up than you thought, and it may sell for 10% less, but that breaks down a lot. But what you can do is you can look and say, okay, I think it's going to sell for 200 but what if it only sells for 180 And then you can look at this and say, I think it's going to cost 20000 to fix up based on the contractor's bid, but what if it costs 30000 you see what I'm saying? So it's not necessarily a percentage, but you want to start building in this margin of safety so that if your assumptions are incorrect, and these are the two main places that it happens, that you still got plenty of room to make money. But there's a lot of other places where you can go wrong here too. It still boils down to these two things. Um, I'll give you an example. I, I deal. I just I, I'm, I'm in the middle of right now. Uh, I had an, an appraisal at six hundred thousand, and uh, and all was good, and I picked it up at three seventy five plenty of room and it doesn't need much work at all and uh, it's a condo though and uh, after I closed on it um, 
since I had to close really quick because the, the the circumstances, um, I discovered that number one, it didn't have the correct kind of licensing uh, for for what's called a transient, where you could turn that condo in kind of a nightly rental. Uh, and number two, that it didn't uh, it didn't have access to the HOA amenities like the pool and the parking. And um, I, how did I miss this? Well, I mean, I, I just when I was reading through the HOA docs, I just missed it until I went back when I actually closed on this thing. Now, those two might seem like tiny little details. What's that matter? Matter, that was a $100,000 difference in the value. So instead of $600, this deal's worth $500. Okay, now that's not the end of the world, right? Because I'm in it at $375, so no big deal. But it's because I had a margin of safety, right? What if I didn't have that margin of safety? Okay, what if I was buying the property at, say, 450 thinking it would sell for, uh, for 600 and, or maybe even 475 and then I find it's worth 500 because of the transient license and, the, and, and no access to the HOA amenities? I know that sounds crazy, but the way that the HOA docs were written, this particular unit was carved out. Crazy stuff. Uh, you learn something new every day, right? So uh, margin of safety, this is how I've managed, and my students have as well, to be successful year in, year out. You know, during the, the, the meltdown and the, and the bursting of the bubble of the real estate market, we were still successful. And we did great all the way through there. We did a lot of short sales, a lot of flips. You know, but we always had a margin of safety in our deals. We never took on more than we could chew because even if our assumptions were wrong, we were still making money. And you know what's interesting? Sometimes your assumptions are, uh, are wrong in the other direction. You make more money, which is even better. But you always want to have this margin of safety. It makes all the difference in the world. Uh, an interesting uh, interview I watched with Warren Buffett and Steve Forbes, the uh, editor of the Forbes magazine. And he was talking, uh, Steve asked him a very simple question. He said, you know, Warren, he says a lot of people know about uh, value investing and contrarian investing. The idea of you, you evaluate the intrinsic value of a business or a stock and you wait for the right price to buy it at. But Warren, you've been better than everybody at that. You know, what has been your, one of your differences? You know, why are you so much better? And he talked about the idea of discipline. And he said, you know, you've got to have discipline when you're making these decisions. Because ultimately, it can be very tempting to want to take on a deal, especially if you want to have deal flow going on. And real estate investors, you know what I'm talking about. You need to have some deals working, you need some rehabs going, you want some things happening so you can make more money. So you end up breaking some of your margin of safety rules and picking up deals at a higher price point than you should. Some people, I hear them use this phrase. They say things like, get this, I want to keep my crews busy. You know, I want to do, you know, I just want to keep the whole machine flowing. And so they pick up deals that they shouldn't. And so back to Warren Buffett's interview. What he said that was so interesting, he said, you know, for me, a lot of it is not always the home runs I've hit. It's all the deals that I didn't lose money on. You know, either I broke even, did a little bit better. He said, you know, rule number one in investing is to not lose money. And then rule number two is to not forget rule number one. So when you have this margin of safety, it's not always that you hit home runs. It's that you avoid going backwards. Because going backwards can be incredibly uh, debilitating and not only demoralizing from an emotional standpoint but also from a financial standpoint and so when you are able to build in that margin of safety you give yourself the opportunity to ensure that even if your assumptions are wrong you still make money but it requires discipline because that means you're gonna walk away from more deals let me talk about that 
When you actually put this into practice, it means you are going to close on less deals, less deals. Is that a bad thing? Well, at first glance, it may feel that way. You're pouring through deals, you're looking through deals, and you're making offers, and you're doing less of them because you're building in that margin of safety. However, it means you're not going backwards. And it means that the deals you do do actually are productive. And also, what it forces you to do is think in terms of, well, how do I monetize the other deals? Which means you may get better at uh, flipping properties, you may get your real estate license and get commission referrals. Those are all things that I do because I'm very careful about the deals that I close on. The ones that I'm actually going to put real money into, whether it's my money or somebody else's. That doesn't make a difference, by the way, either. If you are going to be guaranteeing a loan, or even if you're signed on behalf of your LLC and you're doing the, doing the right thing, that means that you need to make sure you make the right decisions on the deals that you close on. You know, I hear a lot of people complain about how you know, hard money lenders, hard money lenders, they have a 65 cents on the dollar rule that it, you need to buy the property at 65 cents of its today's as-is value. And a lot of people complain about that because they're like, well, what the heck am I going to find a deal that good? Well, true, it's a lot more difficult to find deals that good. Uh, but it's also a good checks and balances, too. Because if you're getting deals that cheap, you're already building in usually what's considered that margin of safety. Again, everybody's got a little bit different threshold, so I'm not saying that that's the rule. Because especially as the deals go up in value, you start talking about a half million dollar home, well, 65 cents on the dollar is basically stealing the thing, right? And so it's not about a percentage. It's about you looking at the numbers and then making some assumptions and then saying, okay, well, if I was wrong here and I was wrong there, how much room do I still have? And so that's why there's no perfect uh, percentage. But it also depends on your threshold of profit, too. I mean, for me personally, I look for bigger profits where I don't, I don't take the time to mess with the deal. Whereas you may be okay uh, with less profits still having that room and that margin of, of, of safety. All right, well, I hope you enjoyed this, this video. I hope that this will make a dramatic impact on your investing uh, endeavors because it can make all the difference in the world between you being successful and you going backwards. And oftentimes, it's about just at least moving forward slowly rather than always hitting these big home runs. And it's about being pessimistic uh, about what, what it's really worth and what it's really going to cost to fix it up. But at the same time, keeping an overall 30,000-foot view of optimism on your real estate investing business. This doesn't slow you down. It just adjusts the way in which you operate so that you then get into more of commissions and flipping and those kind of things. The deals that are thin, that's the phrase I like to use, thinner deals that don't have the margin of safety, you end up flipping those. Or you get a commission on those. You still make money on them. You're just not making as much money. All right, well, I hope you enjoyed this video. I am Phil Pustiowski with FreedomMentor.com, and uh, as a full-time real estate coach, mentor, and investor myself, these are the kind of lessons that we learn out there in the field, in the real world.